So for those of you that are joining us for the first time, um, my name is Crystal Farley, and unfortunately my co-host Heidi Solomon Orlick cannot be with us today because she is dealing with some personal issues out in California, but she wanted us to proceed without her. So we are um, making good on her wish, and she'll hopefully be back with us here on Making of Her Story very, very soon. Um, for those of you that are returning, welcome back. Last week we had on Emily Aborn, um, who was really awesome and vulnerable in sharing how she went from a, an organic mattress store owner to um, a solopreneur doing lots of different things to include um, a brand called She Built This, as well as marketing and other um, personal assistant stuff for um, local businesses. So I, as I said last week, I love Emily. Um, I still do. And I'm really glad that she's back today. But the reason why we have her on is because we're going to be um, talking again about She Built This, but we wanted to learn a little bit more about local celebrity Kristen Hardwick. So um, Kristen is a local photographer, um, as well as co-founder of Coho Coworking House. Is it Coworking House, Kristen? Coworking House is the formal name, but we just call it Coho because it's faster and easier. Faster and easier, yes. So, and I, and I can say it without like stuttering, which is really important. So, how, how? <laughs> and so, you know, so first and foremost, you know, I first met Kristen um, at a coffee shop in downtown Nashua after we were introduced through a mutual friend, realizing we had about a thousand mutual friends and we ran in a lot of the same circles, um, but we never actually formally met each other. And then finally a mutual friend, Adria had said, you need to meet Kristen Hardwick. And we figured it out. I was at the wrong coffee shop. But we got it together. We got it together. <laughs> I forgot about that. I completely forgot that you went to the wrong one. That's funny. Because there's like three in downtown Nashua that you go to. And I went to the one that I always traditionally go to, not remembering that we scheduled that the other. But it, it all worked out. and It was a really great conversation. I was blown away by Kristen's story. Um, and I'm really um, happy that you agreed to be here with us today. So thank you, Kristen. Thank you. So I did a little bit of an intro of who you are but I'm going to butcher your full on intro because there's so much more to you than what I simply stated. So is there anything else that you'd like to share about who you are? Um, I just like for people to know that on top of the two businesses that I run, I am a full-time mom to, I have two small children currently four and seven years old. And I am very active in the community because one of my core values is community and making sure that we are taking care of the people around us. So, um, when I say that I understand that you're juggling a lot or, you know, what it's like to run a business while you have other obligations, I want my people to know that I, I know that because I'm living it and I'm in the weeds with you. I love that. You actually just made me think of the Amish people, which I know. <laughs> I, so I've talked a lot. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I, I'm reading um, a book with, well, by the author, Johan Hari. And he is a brilliant social scientist who's done a lot of research on like lost connections. And so we obviously live in a day and age where we are not as connected as we used to be. And he just recently, um, the, re the most recent part of the, the book that I was listening to was about the Amish people and how um, they grow up in a community that is, well, they grow up in a family that is built upon community, right? And so they like intentionally do not have a electric electricity. They do intentionally do not have cars or internet because they want to keep everything really close and slow. They want to grow together. They want to flourish together and they take a bit of the burden all around. So it's not as heavy for people, 
you know, individually. There's not so much weight on individual shoulders because you have a family. You are working with all of these other people. And it's just really cool. It just sounds very similar to, you know, sort of what you're saying about community and the importance for you. So fun fact, you have something in common with the Amish. Me, me and the Amish. We're like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you base your whole life around them, really. Like you're Amish. Except I really, really love the internet, you guys. <laughs> Don't take that away. Um, it's kind of a problem, but not really. So, um, so that kind of leads us to like, so this whole, you know, making up her story is really how we've identified that there are pivotal moments in people's lives that have really changed trajectory. Right. And so, you know, in thinking of that, like we, we, and we sometimes close with it, but it's really important to know that when somebody shares their story, there was a pivotal moment for that person that becomes the pivotal moment for someone else. So when we prep folks for, you know, for the podcast, we, we like for them to sort of think about that and what would resonate um, with the audience. And I know, um, you know, we talked about a couple of things before we started recording today. And I think it's sort of in line with what we've already talked about. But did you want to share with everyone what your pivotal moments are, or at least the ones you can recall right now? Because I'm sure. Yeah, and I'll try and, you know, not be too long-winded. Um, I know that you know my story, but just as a little backstory for your listeners, I came from corporate America, and I worked in a cubicle for eight years. And about halfway through that, I got pregnant with my daughter and decided, okay, I think I want to run my own business because I cannot imagine working 50, 60 hours a week away from this beautiful baby, right? That's how a lot of us get our initial push. And so I thought, I already own a camera. I love photography. I'll be a photographer. That seems easy. Ha, huh, right? So about two and a half years later, I got pregnant with my son and I was devastated that I could not leave my full-time job to stay home with the two of them because I had spent two and a half years getting really, really great at photography, but I had not learned how to market or how to do sales or do any of the things that it takes to run a small business. So after that, that was really one of those pivotal moments for me where I realized it doesn't matter how good of a photographer I am. If I don't know how to run a business, I'm never going to make a living at this. And so I firmly believe that you can learn anything. I figured if I can learn how to be a photographer, I can learn how to run a business. And so I spent the next two years really studying everything I could about small business and marketing and sales and accounting and fell in love with it. Like absolutely fell in love with what small business is and what small business means to people and how it connects people. So um, by, the time my, by the time my son was two, I was able to quit my day job. My business was matching my, my income at my, at my job. So then I quit. Yay, right? Like that's a success story. But then once I quit, I realized, oh no, this was just the starting line. Now I have to actually run this business and actually, you know, feed my family off of it. So I went through a few months of panic and fear and I was just saying yes to any project that would come my way and I had no systems, I had no rhyme or reason for anything. I was just so desperate for cash that my business was failing. So when I quit my day job, I was making as much money and then six months later, I had almost depleted our life savings, like our, our savings as a family. I was not sure where the next paycheck was going to come from. I was so stressed. I was working more hours. I never got to see my kids. And I was kind of like, mm, this sucks. It's so hard. So I'm either going to only do the work that I really want to do and only work with clients that I really want to work with, or I'm going back to my day job. Because at least my day job, I got to see my kids, right? So that was pivotal moment number two, where I realized that if I only did work that I loved, I would be way better at it. I could charge more because I would be the expert and my clients would have an infinitely better 
experience because I would have systems and processes and be able to take care of them. And I would be turning away clients that weren't a perfect fit for me, that I wasn't the right person for. So I really, when I niched down, my business took off, thankfully, and I didn't go back to corporate America and, um, and it all worked out. But through that, through finding out that I really, really love small business and then having a studio that was starting to really take off, I found that I was really lonely. Like I'm not somebody that can sit in my studio by myself and work for eight hours a day. And the only interaction I would have is if a client was coming in for a shoot. But all the other time I was sitting by myself quietly and I was going stir crazy. Um, can I pause you for a second? Cause I know you're going to get into some really good stuff. Yeah, of course. I know your story and I'm just so excited. Um, so you said you, um, you, you had, you had your job at, you know, in a cubicle and you spent two years getting really good at photography. So what did that look like? Was it like classes and like self-study? Like what was <laughs> So I did take a couple workshops. Yeah. Photography. So I took, I just, I had a camera that I bought shortly after my husband and I got married. Um, so yeah, so a couple in-person workshops, but mostly self-taught YouTube tutorials, taking a million pictures every day. And then actually looking at them and realizing, you know, trying to figure out why they sucked and why they didn't look like the magazine photos that I was trying. Um, I studied magazines a lot. I love fashion posing. I love uh, fashion lighting. So, and then since then I've, I've really evolved in, I like magazine lifestyle branding photos. So yeah, most of the time when I'm trying to learn something, I go find a photo that I like and deconstruct it and try it. I love that. I love that. So just really yeah. this, right? I mean, like there's no real formal education. You can take classes, don't get me wrong, but like you're proving to us right now that experience and motivation. I'll try. Yeah. It's so funny. I was really hung up on taking one certification for photography for the longest time and I just couldn't get through it because it's so many hours and I had a newborn at home. And my best friend finally was like, why do you care? Has anyone ever asked you for your certification? I'm like, no. No, no one's ever asked. They just care if you take pretty photos. That's it. Right. The person that's going to ask you is the person that paid for their education. They're going to want to know where you got your education. From. 100%. The only people that have ever asked me are other photographers. Love it. Love don't it. care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> people care what they're getting from you. That's what they care. Like, are you worth their money? That's what, you know, that's all they care about. And now we don't have to get super like in depth with like the struggles of like, you know, leaving your day job to like pursue and then things kind of plummeting to just a touch. Like, <laughs> oh no, they, they went down. Yeah, right. Okay. So they went down. You said it on me. Um, that obviously was super hard, not only for you, but for your family. Right. Yeah. And, so, and the people around you. So can you like maybe explain a little bit like what it was like to be picked up by a support system? Like what that meant? Cause oh my gosh. maybe you weren't, maybe you weren't picked up, <laughs> but yeah, like, no. I 100% was. I will say that before I quit my day job, I was the queen of positivity. Don't you worry. I can do this. I know how to hustle. Like I had I have the utmost faith in myself, which is a beautiful quality about myself. I am that optimistic 90% of the time, but also it was blind faith. And so I didn't see a lot of my support system because I didn't need them. When I failed, um, I very quickly saw my husband who was always super worried about me leaving my day job being like, no, we got it. Like he was, had more confidence and faith in the business than I think he's ever had. Um, but then my, my support system in terms of my female friends really stepped up. I would not have built this business without referrals and introductions and connections from the people that I, that are in my closest circle. Um, you know, Andrea, obviously she introduced you and I, but she's introduced me to a lot of great clients or, um, 
Emily Aborn. I'm like, how did, I forget how we even met, but we met in a coffee shop. And then same thing, we met in a coffee shop through a random introduction and then Emily's referred me to people. And so I am so grateful that the people that I've worked with have referred me to other people. And that has really, truly grown my network so big that A, no matter what you need, I know someone who does it really well, but also I have an incredible group of people that are setting the example and showing me what it looks like to work and, and run a business. I didn't have that example before when I was in corporate America. I didn't know anyone that ran their own business. Well, and that's, what's really interesting. You know, I work a lot with like workplaces, right. And like thinking about like what causes stress in the workplace and a lot of it's the connection and the community piece, right. And social relationships are lacking and that sort of thing. But you can be at a really terrible point, bottom low point in your business when it's your own business. Yeah this amazing community just lift you up because of the relationships. And like, that's what corporate America misses. And so I think that's really important, like to think about like when you take that risk, like nothing's ever perfect. You have to take a little baby step to get there and you'll have, if you've done it right, you've built the, the community and the support that will help you get through your self doubt, your imposter syndrome, all of that stuff. Right. And having people that were just two, three, four steps ahead of me say, that's totally normal. Um, you know, don't get, up just because I had, we have a good friend who owns a, a custom auto, I'm going to get, he runs a car shop. I'll get his specialty wrong, but he was just like, yes, some months you make the most money you've ever made. And some months you make no money and you just learn to deal with both of them. Like he's like, that's just how it is. You just get over that. And I was like, oh, so it's normal that I've made, you know, $400 this month. But last month I made more money than I've ever seen. You know, like it was just having people farther down the road have that perspective was so valuable. That's awesome. I love that. And then finally, before we get into like your next, your next thing, um, thank you for sharing all this. And I think it's important for like listeners to sort of understand that even though you're a local celebrity, like you've gone through like, but I think, you know, like, you said something about getting your, you know, finding your niche and like saying no to people because, you know, us traditionally females, women want to serve everyone and cannot say no. And like are used to wearing multiple hats and have to because of the amount of roles we have in our everyday lives. Right. Um, and you had to invest in like dollars and time and systems. You had to get really niche with your business. Like how was that comfortable for you to do or was it uncomfortable? And if it was uncomfortable, how, like, could you explain like how you got through it? I like to compare it to like working out or something like when the pain of being out of shape is so bad that you're willing to go through the pain of working out. Like that's what it was like the pain of working with everybody and having no systems and having no specialty was so great that I didn't care. Like I was just so ready to say no because I I was failing like, and I, I could see myself failing and I really genuinely, my ego wasn't in it anymore. I was either going to make it work doing the only thing I wanted, or I was going to go back to my day job and at least collect a paycheck. I love that. You, you had, you had your breaking point. You had the, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I didn't want to do it. I love it was that. only six months in. Like, <laughs> I mean, six months into being fully, you know, fully self-employed. I was at two and a half, almost three years in at that point. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's great for people in here, right? Because, you know, it's okay to say, when you say no to one thing, you say yes to something else, right? And so like you said no, and you opened yourself up to opportunity rather than holding yourself back by doing like things you didn't want to do. So I think that's awesome. I always tell my clients too, because I work with a lot of people in the service industry, so coaches and fitness trainers and even other photographers, 
if you're in a saturated market and you are working hard to build your network, your network needs to know what they can refer you for. So you probably know eight different photographers off the top of your head, but do you know which ones to send headshots to versus a wedding versus newborn? So when you niche down really, really clearly, it's a lot easier for people to send referrals to you, which is something that I didn't know when I did it, but I've certainly found that to be true. And I see my clients doing that over and over. I love it. Well, and there's room for everybody. You just said it. Always room for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now I'll stop interrupting you and I'll let you continue your story. <laughs> oh no, so I mean, my story pretty much goes, I was sitting in my studio all alone and was sad and no. um, I had a great studio and it is in the building. My, my landlords are close friends of mine. And so I would get lonely and bored editing photos in my studio by myself and I would go sit downstairs in their, their office manager's space because I just wanted human interaction. Um, and then I realized I was spending all my free time at night going out trying to network and meet with other people because I was spending my 40 hours a week by myself. And you can't really make those connections and build your business by yourself, hiding behind your screen. So add that with the layer of I have two children and really it's so hard to build a business and raise children at the same time that I was like, it's, it's supposed to be a village. We're supposed to be helping each other. So I realized that other places in the country have this thing called co-working which seems to be a new concept around here, kind of. We have a few spaces, but it's not very popular yet. Excuse me. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we could all share an office or, you know, a common space, like a coffee shop, share the cost of it, but then get our work done at the same time. There was nothing close by, so I put together a loose business plan, brought it to my, my advisor over at the Small Business Development Center, Hollis, who was amazing. And she actually thought it was a great idea. So she helped rip apart the business plan and helped me rebuild it. And then I went out and proposed to my business partner, Holly. We always joke that I, you know, I met her in a coffee shop and proposed, do you want to go into business with me? Uh, she had small kids and is a personal trainer. So also busy and building a business. But she also believes in the idea of you know, working together and, and building a community, something better for our community. So she said yes. And a year and a half later, here we are. We're finally opening our doors. So Yes. Um, so, you know, I think, um, for, so it's so funny. So I worked in Boston for like a really long time. And so I know. The co-working is normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's really funny to me is that like people, well, people in New Hampshire are much more conservative. So everything just takes a really long time. I mean, I'm a stress management consultant. Like New Hampshire is like, whoa. <laughs> Back yeah. up. Um, but like, so co-working, what I like about the co-working spaces, you know, in Boston, and I want you to talk about yours because I love what, there, there's some very specific things that you've done to yours that don't really exist in other places, even yeah. in Boston. Um, it's just the fact that like, so first of all, like, like looking at me as like a solopreneur, like I, a coffee brings people together, right? So like going to a coffee shop is where you meet people and you make friendships and you have those experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, not having to go super far to get it, um, not have to go super far to get lunch and still be productive. But like, you know, I can't necessarily, for those of you that don't know what a co-working space is, like I can't necessarily afford um, a receptionist or somebody to answer my phone or office space or meeting space. And I work out of my home or a coffee shop and that sort of thing. Um, and so for me, like having a boss in Switzerland as my last job, if I was able to go to a co-working space, I actually felt like 
I was still part of a corporate office rather than working from home. And for me, like humans need purpose and progress and like having a purpose at work is really important and can stop people from like developing depression and anxiety and stuff. So for me to be with the people, hugely, hugely important, even if I'm not even talking to them, I need the background noise. Um, so like, I think having that in New Hampshire, there, and there's a couple other amenities I would love for you to share, like what you, what makes Coho different than some other spaces. Um, but I just think that like what you brought to New Hampshire is like, nearly a first of a kind and truly something like super turnkey and super modern that really um, will allow solopreneurs or even large, like, you know, small, small to medium sized businesses to function easily out of. So would you mind sharing just a little bit more about what was important about Coho for you? Yeah, for sure. So we kind of looked at um, what do the small, what does the small business community around us in Southern New Hampshire need. And so obviously, you know, nice office space, desk space, somewhere to meet with clients that's not your home or a noisy coffee shop that has no privacy. Um, those are, you know, basic amenities. Coffee, really fast Wi-Fi. We have the best Wi-Fi you can buy. Um, a desk, I mean, a, a receptionist, mailing, like printer. The basics that you need to run a business that are expensive for all of us to duplicate, you know, for, for each of our home offices. But beyond that, you, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need human connection. You need sunlight. Um, you know, we designed the space to have lots of natural light and for there to be lots of human interaction, even if you're not actually talking to people, the way that we set up the floor plan is that you're, you're sitting with people, you're working near people, you still have all of the endorphins that come with being exposed to other people. And there's opportunities for organic networking outside of you know, just a, just a networking event. Um, but beyond that, we thought, what else do we need in today, in 2019, in 2020, 2021 to run a business? And so to answer that, we included a kid's area, which is staffed when it's booked, works like, um, like your local gym. You have to stay on site. You can drop your kids out for two hours, have someone watch them while you're doing meetings or, you know, just a couple hours of power focused work. We included a podcast video recording room, which will be up in September. So if you are creating any sort of online content or, or podcast content for marketing or just as a way to build your community, that's an option as well. And then we have beautiful meeting rooms, a classroom, and we have the space if you want to host networking events or workshops or anything that's going to support you in creating additional revenue streams. Absolutely love it. I love that you have a kid's area. Um, you know, it's really important that moms get to work too. And so to provide yeah. area, it's like a safe place for them to feel comfortable with knowing that their children are there, they're taken care of, but they can focus on something else without feeling guilty and everything else. I just really like, it's really well done. And like natural lighting is hugely important for people. Like everything you just said is like so psychologically thought out. It's just a powerhouse. So I'm really excited to see where you go. So. The space, the space is really beautiful. And I will add for anyone that doesn't have children, the kids area is actually separate from the work area and they don't have to even, they have their own entrance, their own bathroom, everything. Um, I, I say this as, as a mom whose children think that they run every single business that I ever bring them into. Um, so they're totally separate and not disruptive to anybody else. That's a really good point because honestly, if I was there without my child, I don't want to be no other people's kids, right? Nobody I mean, does. That's right. I totally We're all moms. We want our space. It's, it's not just for moms, but yes. Right. No, fair, fair. Um, that's a good point though. I love that. I didn't even think of that, but that's true. 
Awesome. So, well, congratulations again. And I guess, you know, is there anything specific to the other projects that you're working on that you want to share at this point before we sort of segue into your, you know, the other collaboration you have? The one thing that I wanted to mention that we haven't gone over yet is just with both, you know, with, with co-working, um, when people think of co-working and they're familiar with it, they think of, you know, WeWork or any of the big giants. And I think it's really important to know the difference between suburban co-working, which is what we're doing, and urban co-working. Um, in suburban co-working, the people that are sitting in the space with me, their kids likely go to my kid's school. I will see them in the grocery store. We can refer business to each other because we are, our, our client base overlaps because we are such a small state, really. It's, we're still in a space where, you know, Crystal, you and I have, have mutual clients and Emily, you and I have mutual clients. And that's true of a lot of the people that are working here. Whereas in a big urban co-working space, you are very likely never going to see those people outside of the co-working space. A lot of times they're, they're people that are traveling. There is not a lot of opportunity for that networking referral to naturally happen. Um, so we see that as a huge benefit here, not just in terms of coho, but in terms of making the small business community a lot stronger and reinforcing all the people that work here and, you know, rippling outwards. That's a, that's a really good point, you know? Um, and I think, you know, that also being said, like for a for those, you know, local folks interested in learning more about co-working, um, when you talk about referrals and relationships, like that is where, that's why people join B&I groups, right? They exactly. X dollars a year because they get X dollars in referrals and that's why. And, you know, I, I joke that I don't love the BNI philosophy, but I've actually had some pretty intelligent conversations with the founder, Dr. Ivan Meisner, because truly business is based upon relationships. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're working in such a clo close knit environment in a co working space, your referrals mean that much more, right? So, like, you know the ins and outs, you have that deep connection, that relationship. You're going to be able to sell somebody else's product without even trying. I mean, like, that's just what happens, right? That's just what happens when you intimately know the person that you're working next to. Not even the same industry, but you just know because you're seeing them day in and day out, then it's a lot easier to make referrals than it is to someone that you met one time in a networking event. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's so much more it happens. And like, I think, you know, and I guess people can rent offices too, right? So like if working in an open space is not necessarily the right thing for a person either, I'm assuming that they can go in and rent a private office. Yep, and so we have seven private offices, but only three are still available. All four have been booked within the first week that we're open. So if anybody wants one, please let me know. As soon as possible. <laughs> we only have three left. <laughs> I mean, like I know a lot of like therapists and like licensed social workers or even massage therapists, Reiki healers, that sort of thing that don't have their own space right now. And they've been waiting for you. Like, yes, waiting for we're you. here. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyhow, great job. Way Thanks. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. Can we talk about, are we allowed to talk about She Built This now? Can I bring that up? We can. Yes. So welcome back, Miss Emily Aborn. Thank you for having me. I'm sure you've been chomping at the bit to chime in about how awesome Kristen is and how far she's come in her journey. Emily's know me. I was going to chime in with my own questions, but <laughs> next time <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast. Kristen and I also met in a coffee shop, and I have to tell you, like, I don't know, how, I won't go into too much, I won't get too deep with it, but I feel like we were both scared of each other when we terrified we didn't <laughs> like each other when we walked away and I will say someone can a mutual friend connected us and I got the email and I was like 
why am I getting together with a photographer? Like I sell organic mattresses, you know, I'm like, mm, she's just going to try to like sell me pictures of, and I don't want someone to come take pictures of the mattresses, you know, <laughs> so, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because like Kristen, I worked with the SBDC and um, something my advisor, Amy Rodman told me was that I should get out there and meet as many people as I possibly could. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out on a limb and meet this photographer for coffee. And it was like, I don't know how we actually became friends after thinking we both didn't like each other. I don't know either. I probably, I probably followed up with you and was like, hey, you want headshots? <laughs> <laughs> so she did sell me headshots, dang it. And you were in a magazine. Can I just interrupt you? You were on the cover of a magazine and you needed headshots. So don't pull the whole I own a mattress store thing. Yeah, Everyone needs headshots. It was on the cover of um, and they were great photos. Thanks. So then I'd say probably six months after we met, I think we both realized that we just have this love for small business and we both binge listened to podcasts. So one day I was driving and I, I think I just texted Kristen, like, let's do something where we tell the stories of local New Hampshire business owners, but like, let's make it a panel. You know, and that was all like, really, I think I was picturing like five women up in front and then like 20 people in the audience, like listening to this panel of women and asking them questions. And it became so much more than that. <laughs> it's so funny because I think when we first talked about it, it was like, a like what, where could we rent a conference room or it was sort of like, like, I think I was envisioning, you know, like a, like a hotel conference room where people, you know, have meetings, not, not, you know the nice fancy event that this has grown to be. Yeah, it's really a like a classy, like we make, I think people just feel really good when they come to the event. It's like not your average networking event. Um, and we had it, we had it last year at LaBelle Winery in Amherst and we're having it at LaBelle Winery in Amherst again. And we had on our panel last year, the owner of LaBelle, Amy. So that was very fitting. Um, and then from there, we decided after being completely inspired by 170 people in the room with us last year, we were like blown away. We we're like, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> we genuinely, you ever do something you're like, wait, people like this? Oh my, we like, I remember Emily and I peeking out being like, this ballroom is filled with people. Yep. Completely, completely flabbergasted. Like, you know, it's good when, like when we got home, my husband's like, I wish we were still there. Oh, what she said. Wait, what does that say about me? <laughs> Step up your game, Emily. <laughs> um, so, okay, so then from there, we built like a Facebook community, basically, which is also called She Built This. And I think we, I mean, that has 300 people in it. Um, and that grew just in the, in the past year, right, Kristen? Yeah, yeah. it, it took... It completely took off. And I think that the reason for that is really because you specifically do a really great job of inviting people to connect. You ask really great you know, questions. I see some Facebook posts that are just, you know, blanket questions, the same thing every Thursday or Friday. And you do a really nice job of inviting people to share their actual struggles or share their actual wins. So kudos to you. I think that that's a really big reason why it's grown so fast. Yeah, thanks. It's a, it's a good supportive community, I think. Um, and not like your typical Facebook group, you know, like we are able to really share networking opportunities and mm -hmm. learning opportunities. 
Um, and then you should talk about our next venture. Um, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about the, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know we were announcing this yet. Uh, just now. So we, when we sat down to look at who we wanted to be on the panel for the, she built this event last year, you know, we wanted three people and it was really awesome, but the list of people that we wanted to interview was really long. And so great. Well, you know, this year we have three more. So we invited three more amazing women who have great stories and a lot of wisdom to share. But it occurred to us that we can keep inviting three people a year or we could interview a bunch of them and photograph a bunch of them and put all of their advice and wisdom and their pivotal moments, Crystal, to go back to that, into a book. And so that's what we're doing. We are announcing, announcing the She Built This book, which will be coming out later this year, later this year, early, early 2020. So we're still going through interviews and photographing really amazing people. But the twist is it's not just, um, it's not just business owners from anywhere. It's New Hampshire and the surrounding area and women who have made an impact either with their own business or in the community with some sort of organization. So it doesn't have to just be business owners, but we think, um, women leaders who are just doing big things and are taking a different approach and showing the next generation that it's completely normal and expected or available to them to run a company, run an organization, make a shift in the world somehow. I love that. And I'm super spiritual and I got my little confirmation bumps. So you guys are completely doing the right thing. Aww, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. Congratulations. That's really awesome. And I think, you know, so I, um, I shared with Emily last week that um, I went to the She Built This event alone. Like I didn't know anybody um, I just bought my own ticket and I was like, I want to do this thing. Like I want to check this out because I'd worked in Boston for so long. Yeah. I didn't realize that all of this stuff, this great stuff was happening here. I've lived here for 11, 12 years now and I had no idea. So I'm like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm like, see what's going on. And so luckily I ended up knowing one person. Um, I'm not really shy. So I wasn't really nervous about going alone, but it, the, the event for me was worth it enough to like spend my time going alone. My husband would not go. He didn't think any other dudes would be there. There are other guys there. Just there are a lot of other guys there. Yes. And he, I, I told him he missed out on an amazing event. So that's, that's even fun. more so this year, this year we have a couple guys that have bought tickets and are not just coming with their wives. So, well, it matters, right? We need more men like that too. And some real studs for anyone looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys really have created something very specific to the local community, but I mean, it's a global initiative, right? Like, let's be real, like this stuff happens in every community. But I think like, you know, for me, it appealed because first of all, it started a community for me. Like I knew going there, I would meet people or at least know people. And I was like, I met, I met quote unquote, all of these people on a panel and through Q and A. And I made it a point to reach out to every single one of them after, after the event, right? Luckily I knew one person who's kind of a local influencer and had a lot of connections and got me introduced to people, but like putting yourself out there allows you to become more connected. And you guys gave people that opportunity. It was really safe. And I think to Kristen's point, Emily, you do a great job in the, she built this page. So I'm in a lot of community pages. Um, but I do like, she built this because it feels really safe. And so I don't feel like I'm going to put my idea out there and going to get like crapped on by some woman, like trying to do the same thing in a different way. Um, you know, I think that like people are allowed to share their perspectives, but they do it in a really respectful way. So I get constructive feedback and that's totally fine. 
but there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And she built this as a really great way to get feedback, share what you're doing, get the support that you need and really feel like you're a part of community online because that's what we do need in this life. So you guys are really killing it with the she built this brand and what you're doing. I can't wait to see the book and, and everything that you do with it. Thank you so much. I think that one of the overarching themes that we've had, not just in our events and not just in the Facebook group, but I can speak to Emily as a friend and as I watch her interact with other people, and this is a core value of mine, is the whole idea that yes, you can sit with us. Yes, there is enough room at the table and everybody brings something different to the table. So um, don't be afraid to, you know, I've walked into rooms with people that I consider way up above me on a pedestal. But the reality is we all bring something to the table. And once you can get past that, that's when you get to get into the rooms where you are growing and you are learning and you are becoming a better, a better person, but you're feeling more supported as well. That just gave me the confirmation bumps. Our, I'd say our goal is to be inclusive, not exclusive. Always. I mean, and seriously, we're all humans. So we can put people on a pedestal all we want, but they still look the same way we do in the morning when they get up, right? And their breath smells just as bad. Just as bad. On that note. <laughs> no, no, we can't end it on that note. <laughs> No, I'm going to give you guys a final thought. So we do have to wrap up for today, but I am so grateful that Emily, thank you for coming back again. Enjoyed our time last week. And Kristen, you are still to me a local celebrity and you always will be, but you're an inspiration. And I think, you know, a lot of, um, I'm excited to see the work that you both do in the local community to help the young women that we really serve to make this place a better, a better world for them, that you're going to impact that you're going to inspire and you're going to make it a more inclusive place for them. So I'll let you guys have a final thought and thank you again for being here. What you got girls? You can go first, Kristen. You're more loquacious than me. I don't know that that's true, but thank you. Uh, I think my final thought is just if you are feeling alone or feeling like you have not found your tribe, keep trying, keep showing up to things, keep asking people out for coffee. Um, business and business with a family is really hard, but you don't have to do it alone. So yeah, just keep looking for your tribe and, and reach out to myself or Emily or anybody else if you need a connection. Um, and I'll say for my final thought that I think both Kristen and I have had experience with being in a position that we didn't fully enjoy and thrive in. And I do truly believe that life is too short to feel that way. So it's not always an overnight transition, but if you get the support team around you and are willing to put in some hard work, then you really can make your dreams a reality. Love it. All right, ladies, we'll have a great day. Thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye.